objectively the best movie ever. Right, Kirk? I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. You have part of my attention, you have the minimum amount. I'm a guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. You got a lot of problems, don't you? Oh, it's good to be back. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. You can't handle the truth. Welcome. Episode 54. You're going to see these faces for for quite a while. Uh, this is my top 100 series. Uh, I don't really care how it honestly does view-wise or what. It's something, a, kind of a passion of mine that I want to get film fans on a list, break down their personal 100s. I have one coming out in the winter. Um, so I'm kind of excited just to break through uh, why people, what movies make them film fans, basically. And I think it's an interesting concept. And it works in the Your List Sucks format. Because we all get to bash each other on our top 100. Because even if you like film, you can still be wrong about film. First on the <laughs> panel, I got Coho. He's the producer. He, not that he requested to be on here, but I had to put him on here just because it worked. How are you? Uh, I'm gonna die. Uh, I'm in danger. Uh, I'm excited to be here, though. Uh, it's I took. I took many months to come up with my top 100. I changed it. I tweaked it all the way up to show day. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have my list. I'm sticking to it. I'm happy with it. I'm going to be, I'm going to be prosecuted in the court of public opinion. <laughs> the older Caleb by age and by movie taste. Caleb, how are you feeling tonight? Do you feel like your top 100 is going to be satisfied? Is it going to be good in my eyes or is it going to be terrible? Here's the thing. It might not be good in your eyes, but this was the perfect panel for me to be on because my list is not going to be as boomery as Kirk's. It's not going to be as pretentious as Jake's, and it's not going to be as childish as Coho's. So I'm in the clear here. I am so safe. It's not going to be as good as any of them. What? It's not going to be as good as any of them. Next, uh, we have Kirk. Kirk. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing? My, my second judge on this show. I think he does the best job. That's uh, not myself because I'm cocky. Uh, Kirk, how are you feeling? You already know going into this you have the correct taste, but is it going to be the correct taste in my eyes? That's you, know what what's gonna be, you know what's going to be fun about this? We're really going to get to know each other a lot better over the summer, and I can't wait to see like what kind of alliances form over what movies then immediately dissolve and then reform. I know I'm going to be, there's going to be at some point on this list that me and Coho are going to be dying on the hill together. I know it's just, it has to happen. I mean, statistically. Probably. So that's going to be fun to see that bounce back and forth. I think it's going to be a great time. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm definitely in the future planning a top 100 where Kirk hosts it. I think that would be really interesting. Uh, next, Jake. You are one of the original people that did a concept of a top 100. It will never see the light of day. But how are you feeling on this new version of the top 100? Um, to quote the greatest rapper of all time, Eminem, not not let the devil in. Uh, and by devil, I mean the four of us with our top 100s. Um, yeah, there was a, uh, a, a failed attempt to do this two years ago that I was once a part of with two great people and one other person. And so now I get to uh, rectify that and uh, do it today. I'm glad to be on and I'm looking forward to this. All right. So if you've seen the show before, basically how the show is going to run, it is everybody brought in, not a top 10 list, a top 100 list. We will break it week by week. 
there will be yikes that we will not talk about for a couple weeks. Uh, we're actually going to put some like interactive polls on the page, like the biggest oofs from past episode. I want to get some people talking about the overall episode, but it's going to work in the same format. It's still 10 at a time and yikes can happen within the episode. A grade will be given at the final episode. The final episode of who has the best one and me and Coho will uh, roll up our sleeves, uh, hate our lives, probably not be friends at the end of it, but we will combine the top 100 list of multiplex of your list sucks for the summer series. So much math that I'm not ready to do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really excited about it. We're probably going to make any mistakes, but it's going to be fun. So we're going to kick off the show with Boatman. It's going to be the same system every week. So Bowman will kick off the show every week, but he's going to give us his 199 and 98. Let's go. Okay. My 100 is uh, the Tarantino classic Jackie Brown. Uh, my 99 is The Aviator. And my 98 is Monsters, Inc. Okay. Uh, so over to Jackie Brown. Uh, it's obviously not Tarantino's best work, spoiler alert for the rest of my list, but I do think that uh, this super fun uh, kind of crime caper. I love the high sequence where you see it from three different perspectives. Uh, I think Pam Greer is excellent. I love the opening credit sequence. Um, and Robert De Niro as kind of this just super depressed Lewis is amazing. And I love the who shot Melanie or you said, uh, why'd you shoot Melanie sequence with him and uh, Samuel Jackson? It's fantastic. I love this movie. Uh, super fun. Uh, not quite as tightly written as some of Tarantino's work, but good. 99. Uh, 99 is The Aviator. Uh, this is just an epic film, story of Howard Hughes. And uh, I think DiCaprio is giving maybe my favorite performance of his in here. And uh, just kind of the devolution of that character is fantastic. And uh, just the way this movie looks. And Kate Blanchett is fantastic as Catherine Hepburn. And uh, 98, uh, we just watched it. This just snuck into my top 100 after the watch along. It's Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski and uh, Sully are two of my favorite characters. I love that film. All right, Jackie Brown is famous for a movie that I've seen once that I definitely need to rewatch that I didn't really like the first time. So I think that's my major problem with that one. Um, so I won't go into much detail. I definitely just need to rewatch it. 99, The Aviator. I really like this movie a lot. Um, I, it's not top Scorsese for me, but I, like I enjoy like more than I should. I never thought that I would like a movie about like the subject matter, but I think it's presented in a way that's very entertaining. So not bad. And 98, probably higher on my list. Personally, I think Monsters, Inc. is, is brilliant. Billy Crystal and uh, John Goodman are amazing in this. But at least you had it on your list, unlike these um, cranky old people, apparently, uh, for not having you, not even the bottom half. But we'll see what they have. Jake, oh, let's see how many like movies that no one's ever heard of. Uh, start with your list. That's later on, but uh, at number 100, I'm going to start with Chef. 99, I'm going to go with The Departed. Yikes. Yikes. For the the whole map for this episode. Okay. Then I can wait about that. Uh, And 98 is Reservoir Dogs. Yikes for a couple weeks there, Jake. Yikes for a couple weeks. Start with one film. Good. Okay, Uh, Chef. 
Sure. Um, I'm was a big fan of John Barrow with the uh, starting off the MCU, and then when he you know did Cowboys and Aliens and uh, Iron Man two, he took a little decided to make a little independent film and about his love for food. I, I'm a big fan of food. I love cooking, and I really like the the meta narrative of this film, kind of the parallels with Favreau and his character Casper and how he decides to go smaller with the uh, industry that he worked in. And I just, this is just a really entertaining, fun film to watch. I don't have to think about anything. You know, it's one of those thinking man's films that you'll probably find later on in my list. And it's about food. And I really like food and I really love the food. In the movie, shout out Brooklyn Vale. Uh, this is a great movie. Fun to watch. You're going down on my list really fast by talking about how much food is on. Uh, I Chef was a movie I just saw this year. I think Chef is amazing um, overall. You know who's amazing in this movie? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman's mm-hmm. amazing in this movie. Um, but overall, it's a movie that I didn't think I would like because Brooklyn hyped it up forever, and then I actually got to watch it, and I, I it lived up to the hype. I will say I think it's really good. I'm really surprised it didn't make some people like some people on this list. Like that's. Because I think it would have, but no, I think it's great. Good job on that one, and we'll talk. And the other ones being that low, uh, not going to help the grade right now. But at least you have it on your list. Um, next, we're going to go, Kirk. Tell us why we're all wrong. Hey guys, um, I'm going to start before I get into my list. I want to just say something here to all my uh, letterbox stalkers. Um, do me a favor. I don't want to hear like, oh, you had this movie rated over this movie. This is only three and a half stars. This is four stars. The, the this films are rated at a certain point in time. This list was made at a certain point in time. I didn't go back to make sure everything was uh, synced up. So just relax and have fun with it. Um, that said, my number one hundred is Samurai Rebellion. My number ninety nine is Twelve Years a Slave, and my number eight is Fight Club. Ninety eight is Fight Club. Uh, yikes! I believe yes, yikes for uh, later on in the okay. uh, series. Okay. Uh, Samurai Rebellion uh, is a guy we're going to be talking about a lot over the next couple of months, Shiro Mafini, uh, directed by Masaki Kobayashi. Uh, just a great movie about that character, you, you know, the man of war who finds peace and wants to live at peace but can't. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. No, okay, fine. And then he just goes and wrecks stuff. And you know, a lot, of, lot of, you know, it's a, it's a sad movie. It's an exciting movie. A lot of really cool stuff going on here. Uh, so yeah, Samurai Rebellion is a great movie. Uh, I really love that one. And my number 99, 12 Years Slave. This is the newest addition to my list. I just watched the, rewatched this for the first time in a long time for uh, trivia match uh, last week, and it really just impacted me different than it had before. Uh, there's so much acting going on in this movie. There's so many scenes, like the, the scene at the end with the, with the, with the whipping and um, just where everybody is just going full force. And just the statement this makes about slavery and how it dehumanizes everybody involved. Um, you know, everybody's great in this. Uh, Fassbender in particular creates a great, just pathetic character to show, you know, what that kind of person is, just how sad it is to live that kind of life. Um, so, yeah, I had to get that one on my list somewhere. Okay. Um... I'm going to shock the whole world. I thought this movie was made up. I'm going to be honest with you. It sounded like something that was completely made up. Uh, because it was like, <laughs> when? Where? I looked it up. It does look like a movie that would interest me. I just have not seen it. So it is actually real. Your next one, 12 Years a Slave, is one of those movies. I have never finished 12 Years a Slave. Not because it's bad. Because the subject matter hits me really like 
hard. That opening scene alone, like, literally made me sick to my stomach, and I didn't want to continue. I think it's overall the acting, because it seems like he is getting literally beat within an inch of his life. And I think that overall subject matter doesn't sit well with me. Um, but I, it's one that I need to see. It's one that I want to see. But it's, yeah, it's hard to watch for me. Sure. Um, yeah, but that's, a again, I can't discredit it. I'll be on your list. Um, Coho! Time to enter the fun zone. Here we go. <laughs> so for my number 100, uh, I decided to go with a bit of a guilty pleasure. Uh, oh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I enjoy this movie a lot more than most. Uh, but all right, number 99 is This Is It uh, from the year 2009. Uh, other people might know this is Michael Jackson's This Is It. Uh, and then number 98, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Cool. All right. So we're going to start right at it. Number 100. Uh, that's us number 10. But number 100, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I enjoy it. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Is it even objectively a good movie? Absolutely not. But every time I watch it, I find myself entertained. Um, I really like the chemistry between Garfield and Stone. I don't think Jamie Foxx is terrible in this movie, if I'm being honest. Uh, Dane DeHaan is not bad until he becomes the Green Goblin. The ending hits me. Yeah. I'm, I'm Cody, I, changed my bad. I don't want to do this. I'm done uh 99 this is it uh i think it's actually a really cool concert experience of a film um the way that it shows you the creative process of michael jackson separating art from artist i think he's maybe one of the best musical artists to ever live one of the greatest entertainers uh and i think that movie really takes you into his creative process as to what would have been his final show in a really unique and interesting way um and then force awakens uh i didn't used to love this movie i used to th think it was like good not great um, and when I did my Star Wars marathon rewatch leading up to the disappointing one, uh, I like this movie a lot more. Uh, and yeah, it, it cracks in at 98 uh, because I think it, it has potential to go up more, but I really like that world and those characters. So. Crucify me. Okay. Um, I, I think you did very smart. A very smart choice. I don't know if it will. Uh, I don't know if the list gets better from here. But what I'm very interested in is you put it in a spot where they can't say anything. So I found like it's kind of genius in your part. Let's see who produces the show. Um, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the worst Spider-Man movie that has ever been made. It is by far the worst. Um, I don't like Spider-Man 3 for a parts, but at the end of the day, I would watch it over this one about a million times. Um the ending, they do not earn that ending. I remember being in the theater when she uh, fell, and I was like, okay. And everybody went, <gasps> and I went, yeah, right. <laughs> like, it was literally cut the digit. I did not care. Work for me. Uh, this is it. Um, I had to look it up to make sure that this was what you thought, what I thought it was. I don't, never seen this movie. I don't care really to see this movie, but I know you're a huge, I like Michael Jackson's music, but I would probably not watch this movie ever. Um, and 98, this, I, I've said this before. I, from my rewatch of Star Wars, I don't understand the fandom of Star Wars. I will stand by this statement because most of the movies are freaking weird and they set up something and they don't even pay it off at the end. And like, it's weird. I like The Force Awakens for what it is. It got Star Wars back in the theaters and I really enjoyed that. I think the theater experience will always stay with me for this movie because that's why I like it. Do I think it's a great movie? Probably not, but honestly, pretty great. Uh, pretty good of a Star Wars movie in comparison of what we've gotten 
and where it's gone and the weird stuff that's happening. So, sure, 98, no problems. All right, guys, the gloves are coming off. Everybody gets to throw punches now. 97, Boatman, lead us up the list. What is your name? There are three trademarks of one Caleb the Little Boat Boatman. A little bit too high of a voice, way too much energy, and a love of the greatest actor of our time, Sam Rockwell. I have, at 97, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, I really enjoy this film. I think this is kind of a, a film about moral gray areas, essentially. Um, basically, good people doing bad things and bad people doing good things. Um, and I, I love the dialogue in this film. Mark McDonough, I think, is a genius. And this is my personal favorite of its three films. Okay. Uh I've said this before. I live in Missouri. <laughs> this hits Missouri a little too close to home for me at times, <laughs> but I actually really like this movie a lot. Uh, I have met a Francis McDormand in a grocery store before I will be that thinks that this woman could kill you at a moment's notice by just looking at you and hope she doesn't talk to you. Um, but because of, and I mean, she, I think she does an amazing job in this movie. I think Sam Rockwell does an amazing job in this movie. Um, there's some backlash if people think like they don't like it or they think it's awful or blah, blah, blah. I don't think that. I think it's fine. 97 is a passable for this one in my eyes. And it had Rockwell. So if it didn't have Rockwell, I don't think it would make your list, but it had Rockwell. So it ends up at 97. Everybody else, real quick, not a long time, but why did this movie miss your guys' top 100? I haven't seen it since 2017. Uh, I remember I walked out of the theater and I liked it. I haven't revisited it since. Uh, I probably should, uh, but I, I liked it. It's fine. I enjoy it. Um, I love Rockwell in it. I mean, Rockwell is fantastic. Everything he does. I love the ending. The ending is fantastic. I feel like uh, McDormand's character is a little too like based, like custom made to like check boxes of like certain things you're supposed to. See. It's like an Oscar bait type of thing. Um, so it was a little that her performance, not so much her performance, her character was a little forced to me. Otherwise, I like it. Um, yes, I do like this movie. Um, I actually really do like Sam Rockwell's uh, character in the movie and the, the shift that happens uh, going into the third act of the movie. Um, I think Woody Harrison's also really underrated in the movie. Yeah. Um, I like it, but I really have no inclination to watch it again. It was good, but yeah. That's fair. Also, also Man, John Hawks and Dinklage are great too. Mm. 96, Pope. My 96... Is uh, pull the lever, Kronk, the Emperor's new groove. Oh, yeah, right. I think this is a really fun uh, animated film. I think David Spade and John Goodman have incredible chemistry. I think Patrick Warburton as Kronk is legitimately one of my favorite animated characters of all time. I love the meta humor. Oh, with the map, being like, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, I quote this movie all the time. Uh, I just think this is a really fun, unique kind of Disney take on 90s buddy comedies and also the Looney Tunes, and I love it. One or two funniest Disney movie that's ever existed. I will stand by that. I think this is, and listen, Lilo and Stitch are by far the, one of the two funniest Disney movies ever. Um, I, I find it. Uh, insane. I again, and I, I don't find David Spade 
funny at all. Honestly, I don't. Uh, but in this movie, it just works for me. I think it's honestly, I, th- I it's when I, I rewatched with my kids and I was still laughing. They may not have been laughing, but I sure laughed because there were parts that killed me. So, yeah, good choice, Boatman. You're winning so far. Uh, let's go to the old people on the call then. Well, this isn't Bambi. So tell me why Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove missed your list. I'm going to let Bam start. I have seen New Groove is better. Come on, Kathy. Come on. <laughs> that's a yikes. <laughs> that's, that's a rough. Um, I, ha- I haven't seen it yet. This is one that um, I... It's, oh, it's, 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 in my Disney, it's in my Disney Plus queue because I know I should see it, but I haven't. You'll hate um, it. It's fine. <laughs> um, I do not like this movie. I definitely have told Toyoyama on multiple occasions that this movie is not good. Um, I remember watching this as a kid, and you know my <clears throat> my level of comedy is very different to people growing up. And I'm not saying it's, my comedy is better or worse. I'm just saying that it's different. And this is comedy that is not for me. Um, I hate the character of Kuzco. Uh, I think he's an arrogant asshole. I understand that's the plot of the movie, but uh, I just don't really care for his character. I hate the four four breaks that happen in the movie. Um, and the film should have been about uh, Yamcha or whatever the hell his uh, character, Don Goodman's character name is. I Yamcha's from Dragon Ball, I think. Um, but yes, and also Ethicate is actually the best thing about the movie, and that is it. Uh, I really do love this movie, uh, and it danced just outside my top 100. Um, at the end of the day, I made guilty pleasure picks for my own personality. Put my own personality into my top 100. Uh, if I had it, no, 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 no. We we're not doing this many weeks of this. Absolutely not. You are not going to ride on the coattails that I picked guilty pleasure picks to save from people roasting you. These are your top 100. You're sticking <laughs> by it. This, this is, these are my top 100 favorite movies. And that was my 105. Okay. 100 points. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Wait, so, not mentions <laughs> I'm just, I'm not dealing with it. For, well, I just, guilty pleasure. No, I didn't say top 100. I don't have that pleasure. many guilty pleasures on this list. I'll say that. Okay. Um, but all pirates <laughs> are probably here. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, Bowman, what's your 95? My 95. Chicken Little. Go ahead. <laughs> What? I'm going to be slapped. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. My 95 is uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, I, I really enjoy the, the Living World franchise, and I this is my personal favorite film. I like how kind of contained it is. I like uh, the kind of looming threat of Sirius Black and the reveal of that character. And obviously this movie is incredibly beautiful. I love the time travel elements of the film and i think just like the gothic atmosphere of the film really works um yeah i i enjoy this film a lot and i did technically name my uh trivia team after it so yeah oh god okay um no prisoner rescue man this is uh, this is this this community's favorite one a lot of people actually like this one a lot because Quran did it i it's not my favorite one um i think Obviously, it's probably the best shot and the the tightest. But like with reading all the books and knowing all the stories behind it, I like other movies more. But it doesn't take away that Prisoner of Azkaban is a fantastic movie. Uh, there's a lot of elements that I really like of it. Sirius Black is one of my favorite characters in the series. So yeah, uh, I have no problem with Prisoner being there. 
But since it's your favorite, that's your last Harry Potter, so you don't love it, Harry Potter that much, so that's fair. Uh, I think one to represent the franchise. Uh, everybody Spoilers. knows Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, now, this doesn't have Neville Longbottom in it as much, so Coho probably hates it, so go ahead. <laughs> this, is my, this is my second favorite of them. Uh, I, I take Deathly Hallows Part 2 more, um, but uh, I, I'll just be honest. Was I came really late to the Wizarding World, so it doesn't affect me the way that it affects everyone else. Uh, and that's just a fault that you can pin on childhood of not being allowed to watch things with witches and wizards in them until I was like 15. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. So, fair, but I just don't have the same attachment that you do. Uh, this is my favorite Harry Potter film. I really like how contained this movie is, especially since this one doesn't have Voldemort in it. And I, mean, I kind of just really prefer that aspect of the uh, franchise. I love Alfonso Cuarón. I, I think this is the best director of the Harry Potter films, and I really like the way he uses the camera. They able to move through windows and all that sort of stuff in one takes, and I really like that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is probably my favorite too. You definitely see Cuarón's marks in it. I mean, everything he does with it visually. Um, but story-wise, I like that this is basically the last one where it's just a bunch of kids, about a bunch of kids hanging out at a wizard school before the you know the story that basically goes through the rest of the the, the movies starts um this is like just kind of like the last one of them just hanging out at school doing cool magic stuff before things get really deep and really real uh so yeah um i didn't have it on my list but it's not a bad pick 94 boat my 94 is uh okay please don't hurt me cody uh because it's on the list the lion king Yikes, and that'll be a yikes for a couple of weeks. Okay, they didn't have it, so you can attack them and not That's me. fair. That's Somebody on it. this panel has it at two and a half stars, so we'll talk about that at some other point. Um, Jake, uh, give us your 97. Uh, 97, it is uh, my favorite M. Night Shyamalan film, Unbreakable. Uh, yes. No, I'm talking about Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I can talk about it now. Uh, I really love the dissection of the superhero genre, and this is kind of before the superhero genre had kind of uh, is the, the way it is now. Um, I like how contained it is. I really like David Dunn as a character in the franchise, or that we didn't, or at least at the time, we didn't know it was going to be a franchise. Um, I <clears throat> really like the color palettes in the movie, and Shumlin is really just particular and artistic when it comes to costume design and production design, the way each character is represented by a single color, David Dunn with blue and then Elijah Price, aka Mr. Glass with the color purple, which was Samuel Jackson's favorite uh, color, which is why he has the purple lightsaber. Um, and I really like the, the duality of both characters and how the hero and the villain always share a connection. And yeah, I just think this is a, uh, a wonderful film, my favorite Shaman film, Six Senses Close. But yeah, this is a great film. This falls in that one time range. Um, watched it once, thought it was okay. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, amazing. Then I went and watched Split, and I was like, of course the bastard did it. Of course he tied his only fame to probably his best movie to try to become relevant again. And then he did Glass, and that was shit. So, uh, yeah. Cool. I, I have much to say about Unbreakable. I know people like it. I know also some people don't. So, again. And I like uh, Nazario said Shyamalan's best. Honestly, he doesn't have that many. Let's just be real with ourselves. Um, but his best are like incredible. Yeah, sure. They're fine. 
They're fine at best. I see dead people. Okay. Um. Anybody uh, want to talk about Unbreakable? I'll, I'll, I'll go last. I'll go last. On it. Uh, <laughs> That's not good. This movie is my second favorite of that trilogy. Uh, it's fine. I like it. Like it's okay. Uh, I just it's not my favorite Shyamalan, and it's not my favorite Shyamalan in that series. So. <laughs> but it is one of the top ten, top ten best franchises ever. I like Unbreakable. Yeah, I like Unbreakable enough to put it in the top ten franchises. This movie is good, but this is where Shyamalan started to show his pitfalls a little bit. Uh, I think they're yeah. What? Don't give me that. Yes, this is where he starts to show a little bit of the pretentiousness. And the up his up up his own assness that he shows in later films. Um, I love Unbreakable. Uh, I think this is Shyamalan's best movie. Uh, if we were doing top one hundred and fifty, this would probably be, definitely be on my list. Um, I grew up reading comic books and uh, super, you know, reading superhero stories, watch superhero stories, and so many people have tried to do the superheroes in the world in the real world storyline and it never works because either it's still too fanciful to be real world or it's too real world and it's not superheroes anymore uh this is the first story i ever saw that actually accomplished it to the point where you don't even realize you're watching a superhero movie until it's over um so yeah there's so much i love about this so everything jake's about the characters and just the way it's set up the way it's told uh the good versus evil thing uh yeah i think it's a great pick okay uh 96 uh, 96 is uh, Apocalypse Now. So I was lucky enough to see. Oh. No, no one else has Apocalypse no. Now. I'm going to lose <laughs> my mind. Oh, no, <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm just angry. I'm just angry. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was lucky enough to see the final cut that got premiered last year uh, in theaters. Um, and I've. The only version I haven't seen is the Redux version, but I'm going with the theatrical cut. I think it's just, it's, it's closer to what I think the themes are going for in the film. Um, everyone knows what Apocalypse Now is. It's one of the greatest war films ever. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite scenes in any film is the Rat of the Valkyries helicopter, Valkyrie's helicopter attack on the uh, town. It's The sound design is just one of the best... In any film, Walter Murch is one of the greatest sound designers and editors ever. He also edited the film. Uh, the directing, I think this is one of the best visually stunning films also. Vittorio Storaro was given free range to do whatever the hell he wants. The lighting and the smokes and the smoke and the color, it all just creates this nightmarish, hellish world, which was for a lot of people during the Vietnam War. And I really love the themes of the descent into madness and kind of the layers upon how uh, Willard goes through to find, I guess, the, the center of madness, which is the character of uh, Kurtz. So, uh, yeah, I think this is one of the best films ever, and I think this may this is actually my favorite uh, Coppola film. But yeah. Okay, well, we'll just end that right there. Um, we're gonna cut like last like three minutes of that. Um, or uh, so. This would be top 50 for me, easily. I think Apocalypse Now is beautiful. I think it's gritty. I think it's uh, I think it's my favorite, probably my favorite war film, uh, besides The Patriot, because The Patriot's just 
uh, you know, amazing. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, I'm really shocked that more people didn't have Apocalypse Now right now. So that kind of hurts me. Maybe two of them haven't seen it yet, which is a very disrespectful thing because they both own my voodoo and they both have access to it and they have access to all three versions. So, Kirk, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you have Apocalypse Now? Because it's only 100 movies, Cody. We can't, you know, you can't crucify me for every movie. It's still on the list. Um, this is a movie I saw a long time ago. Um, I've seen it a couple times, but it's a long time since I've seen it. Uh, this is one that is primed. I bet you if I watch this again now, I'd probably have a lot more of appreciation for it. Uh, but it just never it's, – it's one of those ones where it kind of fell in that space of it had been hyped up so much for me um, that it, that kind of detracted it detracted from it for me. Uh, but um, I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad pick. That's not. Uh, okay, you guys. Hello. I haven't seen it. Just letting you know. I haven't seen I it. Also haven't seen it. Okay. I really wish I could just like black out all my movies and just leave Apocalypse Now is the only thing able to be watched. Cody, I tell Include- you what, I'll watch it tonight. I will watch it cool. tonight. I appreciate that. Come back next week with us to, uh, with a discussion. Uh, <laughs> 95, Jake. Uh, I know Zach before just entered the chat. I don't know if he's still in, but I know he's going to be upset about this one. Uh, my number 95 is a Vox Lux. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> now. Okay, okay. I, okay, so uh, I'm, something you're going to hear me say a lot during this series is I am a humongous fan of character studies. It's probably my, my favorite type of... I guess I'm not really like a genre person, but I'm a... It's kind of like my favorite type of movie. I really love like the dissection of like a central character, and I think Celeste, both played by Raffi Cassidy and Nellie Portman, is such an interesting uh, study in the 21st century of film. I really love the way it displays tragedy and how tragic tragedy can create art, um, and it's kind of dissection of pop music and how pop stars, especially at a young early age, are created. Um, I do think kind of the, some of the casting is a little weird because Rafi Cassidy, who was the robot chicken, Tomorrowland plays young Natalie Portman, and then fl- later on in the movie, she's playing the daughter of the character she played early on. So it's really weird, that type of casting. I'm a big fan of the directing and the visual look of the film. Uh, Brady Corbett is one of my favorite actors and people in the industry. Uh, I'll be talking about him, I think, later on in the series. Um, and I really do love the music. I think the music's really good. I think it's better than A Star Is Born, although to be fair, they're going for different types of music. Uh, the music was done by Sia, and I think a lot of the songs are really good, especially uh, Firecracker. I think that's a good song. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Paris is also really good. Uh, yeah. So this is a movie I've never seen, uh, and every time it's actually on uh, another voodoo that I have of Tim Burkala's, and every time I pass it, I see the I see the film art, and I'm like, I'm a pass, I'm a pass, because I don't think I'm gonna like it, or I'm gonna be very upset during it. I don't know. Um, and there was a person in this community that really liked it. I think that talked about it a few times, and I just no thanks. Um, uh, what does everybody else think about Vox Lux? Hundred uh, percent honest. I wanted to see this movie, and then I listened to Jake's description of it, and I yeah. don't know if I want to anymore. I wanted to see this back in 2018, and then I heard Jake's praise for it, and then she about 
I don't know if I 100% trust that it's going to live up to that, so I've just steered clear, especially after Zach Ford told me it was terrible. So, <laughs> Also, also, let's, let's throw – oh, wait, Kirk, go ahead. Um, I like this movie. It's not my 100. I didn't, you know, consider it for my 100, but I completely respect it. There's a lot of, a lot in this. It's a very different movie. There's a lot here to sink your teeth into. Um, so I could definitely see how it could be in, you know, uh, in, get, you know, work its way into somebody's top 100, especially uh, somebody like Jake who has, you know, his kind of tastes. Um, so it's not on my list, but I completely respect it. And guys, check it out. It, it's, it's a good movie. I, I think you might like it. Well, both, I don't know. Best friends after oh, this I'm telling you. <laughs> um, also, it's really funny. Cameron Holson points out that the Pope has a team called Apocalypse Now and has never seen the movie. But that's even better. That's I did not better. pick the name. I did not pick the name, and that's not how we it would have been called it for a new groove if I got the choice. Uh, 94, uh, Jake. Uh, 94, I forgot. It's still me. Uh, so, num- 94, this had a big drop, I have to say, after my uh, most recent viewing of the film. I'm getting a weird echo, by the way. Um, it is sex lies and videotapes. No yikes, I'm surprised. Uh, this is from one of my all-time favorite directors, Steven Soderbergh. I'm a humongous fan of his work, his body of work. He's a very versatile and unique filmmaker. This used to be in my top 10 of all time. Um, and it after the most recent viewing, it's not... I hadn't seen it in a long time since before then. Um, and the film's... Kind of an interesting look at, I mean, it's also a character study of a character played by James Spader, who is great in the movie. Um, he records uh, women talking about their sexual fantasies, desires through videotapes, and how that kind of sparks a, uh, a I wouldn't say discussion, an interest with um, Andy McDowell's character, her sister, and her husband, played by Peter Gallagher. And there's a lot of conflict and going on between the, the four group of uh, characters. And it's just, yeah, I really like the, the, the dialogue and the discussions that Annie McDowell and James Spader have, especially later on in the movie when uh, McDowell turns the tables on Spader and he's basically a very tragic character and kind of... He's fascinating in during that discussion in the third after the movie. Um, this film won the Palme d'Or, which is a big deal. Um, Soderbergh was a tied youngest director to win the Palme d'Or. It means a lot. This is his directorial debut. It's a, a great one at that. Um, this movie's awesome. I'm done. Pal falls asleep when we're talking about Palme d'Or. I don't give two shits. I haven't seen sexualizing videotapes. I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't. Um, uh, cool. Uh, I actually have no Obviously. We I, 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 don't interrupt me. Sorry, it's still my turn. I, I thought you were done. Kirk. I have not seen it. Um, James Spader, I'm, he kind of turns me off. Uh, no matter what role he's in, he always comes off as a creepy sex pervert. So in this movie, when he's, I think, actually playing a creepy sex pervert, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, the thing for me. So. Uh, Bowman. <laughs> I can confirm uh, James Spader is a creepy sex pervert, but I haven't seen this movie. Oh, Sean is such a creepy sex pervert, I tell you. Oh, good lot hey, Kurt, next heaven, please. Let's, let's, this is like Mike Hanley all over again. You'll find out in a couple months. 97. Uh, there's a good, there's a small chance this might get yikes. Uh, my 97 is uh, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of a Game. Yikes. Yikes. What a surprise. Yeah, yikes. Yikes. This is going to be a couple <laughs> weeks of the making. Uh, okay. Wait, you have to say it. 
Uh, my number 96, then, is going to be Superman 2. Um, I am a big fan. I think Christopher Reeve as Superman is probably the uh, single greatest performance by anyone in a superhero movie ever. Um, or as a superhero character, I should say. Uh, you know, people talk about, you know, he made me believe a man could fly. He made me believe that you could trick people into thinking you're a different person by just putting on a pair of glasses. Um, the way he, you know, the way he played those two characters as completely different characters. Um, I like Superman 1. Superman 2, I think, you know, Superman 1 has a lot of the cheese. It has, you know, can you read my mind? And it has the, you know, turn it back time and all that. Uh, Superman 2 gets a little grittier, a little darker. Um, you know, and he deals a lot of stuff with the, uh, you know, with his alter ego, uh, Terrence Stamp as General Zod is amazing. Uh, Lex Luthor, uh, you know, his his small roles, uh, or uh, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, and his small role in this movie is a um, is great in it. Uh, my favorite use of the John Williams theme, you know, when he's when they're in this fortress solitude and he's on his knee and he grabs his hand and burr, 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 burr. I love that so much. Um, so yeah, I love uh, Superman two. And I love Christopher Reeve and Cody. I don't know why you're acting like it's. I'm saying something crazy here. Uh, because you are. Uh, Superman sucks as a superhero. I'll just stand by it. I think it's one of the worst superheroes that has ever existed in the history of the world. Uh, I'm sorry that you were kidnapped or kidnapped and confused and put into a world that you think glasses. I'm. I'm a different person. Well, who the hell is the Superman? I don't know. You look just like him, but you're wearing glasses. Clearly, that can be you. Um, block of wood. Block of wood is how I would describe uh, <laughs> Reeves in these movies. Oh, I my would, God. I think all seen? the Reeves movies are trash. Are I honestly think they are. No, I just think they're sure? trash. I think they are trash movies. I... I am bored to tears during most of them. I just can't. Yeah, there's fun things. Oh, look, that's cool. But please, just hit me in the hit me in the head. <laughs> I will never want to watch that's these movies. I would think Henry Cavill over Reeves any day of the week, any day of the week, and I think he's terrible. Um, what, what do you? Are you in trying to interject on my time, sir? No, you're Roman, but I will let you go because I've said my piece. Terrible. I just have a question of clarification: Is this the theatrical cut or the Richard Donner cut? This is a theatrical cut. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying what I was going to say. But. <laughs> Richard, the Richard Donner Don, cut is bad. the better version. The theatrical cut is bad. The Richard Donner cut, I actually really, really enjoy. Magic. If it helps, I uh, it's it's Yeah, I like the Donner Cut more, but yeah, Superman too. So Superman's my favorite superhero ever. <laughs> There's a lot of great Superman books that I think are some of the best ever written that have dealt with that character really well. I don't think there's ever been a good Superman movie. The closest has been Superman Returns for me. I think that's the closest we've gotten to a good one. Is Ralph a great Superman? No. Uh, I think that Henry Cavill <laughs> in the last 20 minutes of Justice League is maybe the best Superman on screen. Uh, I, I won't disagree with that. I think that the four Reeve movies are all pretty rough. I like the first Superman more than the theatrical Superman 2, but the best Superman movie ever made is the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Uh, and it's, yeah. Uh, if you had the Donner cut, sure. But the theatrical cut of this movie is bad. 
I want to put all four of these and punt kick every version of them into the river so no one has to watch them. Top 20, not even close, not even top 10. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go to your next one, Kirk. You can redeem yourself, I believe. You think Birdman, you think Superman 2 is better than Birdman. This is ridiculous. Are we going to do this for the next 10 weeks? Probably. Well, I'll make an argument for it later on. You sign up. Okay, my number number five ninety five is Cinema Paradiso. Uh, this is I love so much about this movie. It's a great coming of age story. I love just like that old world Italian aesthetic, and just those side characters it creates. It's a movie, you know. No surprise, I love movies about movies and the love of movies and the way movies can impact people. And uh, that's what this movie is. And just the relationship, you know, the, the student-mentor relationship, the father-son-like relationship between uh, these two characters is so good. And the ending is one of my favorite. I'm not going to spoil it because if people haven't seen it, I want them to see it. Uh, the ending is one of my all-time favorite endings in the movie ever, one of the greatest payoffs in the movie ever. Uh, honestly, that's probably why it's on my list if it wasn't for that. Uh, it would probably slide down a few spots now of the top 100. Uh, but that is so good. I mean, I'm just happy now thinking about that scene. Uh, so yeah, that's my number 95. Nope. I haven't seen it. Uh, you know how to shut me up, pick a movie. I haven't seen. I will watch this movie. I will not watch Superman two, but I will watch this movie. Everybody else on this one, uh, two of you probably haven't seen it. I also haven't seen it actually. I've heard good things though. Jake, have you seen it? No, I have not. No. Oh, wow. it's, it's All right. List of movies I'm going to have seen, but I just haven't seen. Ninety-four. My number ninety-four is Hidden Fortress. Again, Tashiro Mafini and another guy we're going to be talking a lot about, Akira Kurosawa, directed. Um, famously, this is the uh, inspiration for Star Wars, and it makes a lot of sense because you watch this. This is Kurosawa's Star Wars. This was his big budget commercial action movie. And there's so much great stuff in this, you know, battle scenes, fight scenes. Um, you know, you have the princess, you have all this really cool stuff. You have the two, the, the comic really side characters who are a lot of fun. They're kind of like in their own movie. Like they don't realize there's another movie going on around them. And that's pretty cool. And Mafini's great in this. It's just like this like soldier who's basically just going to kill everybody who gets in his way, you know, who annoys him or bothers him and, you know, finds reason to team up with his people and uh, go on this adventure. And that's what this is. It's just a great big adventure movie. And I really like it. Add it to the list. No, I've heard. I've actually heard about this one. I didn't think it was a made-up movie. Um, I know this is considered his Star Wars, so that's um, or not considered his Star Wars, but it inspired Star Wars. Blah blah, blah whatever. So uh, it's again. Everybody knows I'm not. I have not been big on foreign films. Uh, I'm slowly trying to change that, but yeah. So it'll be on my list. But Ko hasn't seen it. Boatman, have you seen it? I have not. Jake, what do you think? On the list, I haven't seen it. All right. Two in a row. Nice. Real good. <laughs> Cody's regretting this. I kind of am. This is going to be a long <laughs> fucking summer. Uh, this is a torture on Wednesdays. I'm getting drunk on Thursdays. What is uh, That was 94? Yes. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, what's your name? <laughs> Back to me. Uh, you cannot live with your own failure. Where did that lead you? Back to me. Uh, my number 97 is Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Um. <laughs> All three of the originals were going to be here. The fact that Outworld Sand is this low should tell you it's my least favorite of the original three, but I still like the movie, though I can see the flaws and the faults that people have with it. Um, but I enjoyed this one. It's I feel like it's a great conclusion 
uh, of those original three. It wraps everything up in a nice bow for them while also giving you the hope of a future movie, and then they squander it with On Stranger Tides. Um, but I, I love the world. I love the characters, uh, and I really like the story. So At World's End for me is always going to be a good time. Fell asleep in the theater during watching watching this movie. Um, I was bored to tears. Um, uh, I I, <laughs> I like the ending when I actually woke up and saw the ending. I think the ending's cool, but there's a lot that you have to get through to get to this. I'm also a defender of the other two. I like Dead Man's Chest. I actually do enjoy that movie. This one I do not like, and I do not like the fourth or fifth. It just gets downhill, um, and it's way too fucking long. I don't even know how long this thing runs, but it's two hours and, two hours and 49 minutes. minutes. Well, IMDb says 49. I don't know. 49 with right. credits, yes. But I, yeah, kill me. Kill me now. I don't want to see Johnny Depp do anything for three hours. Uh, and you have to end this one. Uh, how's everybody um, feeling about At World's End? Barely missed your list. If this was top 25, 125, would it make it? Go ahead. Um, I know there are good pirate movies out there and Coho will bring them up and I'm excited to talk about them. This is not one of them. Uh, this movie is a slog. Um, I, I mean, we'll talk about later. I loved the second movie. I was so excited to see where they're going with it and it went to this and I was so disappointed and it killed the series for me. I haven't seen this since I was like 12. So I can't really comment. I've said my pace in the uh, in the comments. Way too oh. <laughs> fair. Okay, yeah. If you cut a lot of that brother and court bullshit out, it's That's probably not fair. a bad move. Um, what's ninety six for it? What are we going? So ninety six is a movie that either people are gonna love, hate, or haven't seen, and it's called American Ultra. Um, so <laughs> it's it's this is not a Cody movie at all. This is no, a this not. is a weird action comedy with Jesse Eisberg and Kristen Stewart. Uh, everyone calls it a stoner comedy. It's not really a stoner comedy as much as you would think it was. Uh, they're stoners. They shoot people. That's the extent of the stoner comedy. Uh, but I think it's a really cool story uh, about a guy who doesn't know that he was part of a government program uh, and was trained to be an assassin uh, and then was planted in the city and just deactivated and then he's reactivated when they try to take him out uh and i think it's a really fun it's a very quick 90 minute movie um you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it i'm one of the people who love it yeah it's fun i think the person that the studio is like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put cody's two least favorite people in the movie and make a movie about him i can't stand this movie i think i remember watching the theater when it came out i was like that seems kind of interesting i hate both of those people but I'll give it a shot. I like both of them. So that's. And then I was, oh god, I needed to be high watching it. Honestly, I think I'd have a way better time if I was just baked out of my mind. Um, American Ultra. I'm American Ultra is better than World's End in his eyes. I'm so, I'm utterly shocked. Uh, is this because Landis wrote it? Is that uh, what it is? I, I I like yeah. Max Landis as a writer. So a lot of his movies yeah. that he writes, I enjoy. Fair. Uh, okay. What a um. Everybody else on Mary. I, I have not seen it. I'm in the same boat as you, Cody. These are two leads who I very much don't enjoy not watching. A, not um, if it's not social network, I want nothing to do the, with that. The, re <laughs> the, re the rest of the movie looks interesting to me, and it's like on my list to watch eventually because I mean, I like Max Landis too, so everything around it 
seems enjoyable to me, but those two are a tough hump to get over for me. That's fair. I haven't seen it. I know it's written by Max Landis. In my mind, he's only written one good film, and that's Chronicle. Um, other than that, no, I don't really care. This sure. Um, Bowman, did you say anything? I've not seen it. That's fair. 95, cool. Um, my number 95 is a movie that I think will give me some goodwill. It's Thor Ragnarok. Um, this <sighs> movie is a fucking blast from moment one to the very final post credit scene with Jeff Goldblum going, uh, it's a tie. I think it's a great movie all the way through. The comedy hits for me. It reinvigorates the character of Thor in a way that's way more interesting than he was in his last two solo films. Uh, it's pretty easily in my top five, six MCU movies. Great comedy. Love it. Just want to take if Stardew asked me paycheck, the one with Ben Affleck or American Ultra, I'm gonna take paycheck. I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna take paycheck. Um uh Ragnarok, yeah. Ragnarok's in my top my top ten of MCU. I think it's great. I um of the first two Thors, I hate. I honestly do not like either of the first two Thors. I really enjoy this one. Um eight Hit missed on a few of the comedy notes and like knowing the MCU's play out, some of the stakes that he has to take in this one gets like cut out from under him because of convenience. Um, but overall, I like Thor Ragnarok a lot. I think it's I think it makes him a a way better character than he was and uh, makes him more human like. And I think it and Hulk's very interesting in this one. So yeah, I like it. Um, what does everybody think about all uh, Ragnarok? I like it. Um, I mean, there was really nowhere else to go with the character because the first movie he wasn't Thor the whole time, he was just some guy. Uh, the second movie sucks, so they're like, Hey, Gar people like Guardians of the Galaxy, let's do that. And it was fun, colors, it, yeah. It's it was uh, it, it's enjoyable. Uh, sometimes I think it's a little too jokey, and some of like the moments that need to be more serious are undercut by jokes. Um, but yeah, it's a fun movie. I, I don't begrudge it, especially in the nineties. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it's just not favorite worthy for me. Uh, this is my second favorite MCU film. I think this is just, I really love the comedy in the movie. Like it's just really funny. And I really love the score as well by Mark Mothersbaugh, uh, AKA the guy from Devo. I think it's a really fun score. I listen to it, uh, occasionally. Uh, yeah. I, I just love the synth that he does, and it just really perfectly like plays with the uh, the setting of the uh, movie and the tone as well. So, yeah, uh, you've, you've redeemed yourself, Go. I'm very happy. It's not going to last long, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a super fun movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it, especially more on second watch. I think uh, Tessa Thompson is absolutely fantastic as Valkyrie. Uh, and there's so much comedy. I love Jeff Goldblum in this. Uh, it's so fun. And I love everything on Sakaar. Okay. Give it. Coho. Coho. Yeah, I apologize. I need your, I need your 94. Uh, my 94 is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. See, I thank you for saving me, Bowman, because I was about to be crucified by Cody for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Bowman, tell us what your 93 is, and we'll go one apiece at this point, guys. I'm glad we'll be waiting a few weeks with that other one so I can. Do we? Oh, um, my 93 is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yikes. 
Yeah. Chris Dolman? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Jake, what's your 93? Uh, my 93 is... Uh, I'm getting ready for the yikes. This is going to be a good one. Uh, Espinoy's Climax. This is a Jake movie. What's that? No yikes? Um, this is probably Nicholas Tuig's favorite film of all time. Can not confirm or deny. Um, <laughs> this is a very weird movie. Uh, some could say experimental. Um, this film's kind of based on true stories about dancers that go and rehearse, and then after rehearsing, they decide to have a good time and drink sangria, and then they realize that someone has dosed sangria with LSD, and everybody goes on an insane trip, uh, both literally and figuratively, and <laughs> you uh, basically experience the characters um, losing their minds, and I love every second of this movie. The uh, band's choreography is incredible, especially in the first 20 minutes of the movie. All of it is designed to look like it's one take. It's, of course, edited in certain scenes, but the first, like, 15 minutes is one take, and it's just this whole dance scene. It's just so incredible. You want to see characters lose their minds. It's awesome. The opening credit, there's, there's opening credits to the movie, and then halfway during the movie, there are more credits of, of the director and the writer and all that sort of stuff. Like, only Gaspar Noé could do something like that, have more credits during halfway through the movie. Um, it's just an ex a fun, crazy experience to just see. And it's also very disturbing and uh, some uh, crazy stuff involving uh, someone being pregnant, uh, someone locking their kid near an electrical circuit. And uh, also the music's great. There's some great uh, techno music that Gaspar Noé is a big fan of. Movie is awesome and technically it's a must. I'm just gonna help you out, Jake. You don't know how to sell movies very well, so stop pitching them. Uh, this, no, the director is a made up person, anyways. So, uh, yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. Anybody else on Climax? I haven't seen it, but a plus of a movie being somebody leaves their kid next to an electrical circuit is not a good sign. That's the thing. Definitely not father. Definitely not a father. So. Mother of the year. Go ahead, Kirk. Gasper, no, I haven't seen this. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually have uh... seen it. Uh, this movie is fucking bananas. Um, you I watched, seen this movie? Yeah, I watched it at Polyama's recommendation at the beginning of last year for co-Oscars. Uh, not a fan, but I get it. Uh, this is a very Jake movie. It's not a bad movie in terms of how it's made. It's just not a Coho movie whatsoever. I think that is fair. Okay. Um, uh, Kirk, what's your 93? Here's where I start getting yikes a lot. My number 93 is Rocky. Oh, wow. No one, no one has Rocky? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Yikes. I was waiting okay. for that. Okay, yeah. good. Because I, I was not prepared to talk about it all because I just assumed it was going to get yikes. So I was going to be like, yeah, Rocky's a good movie. Um, yeah, that's my number 93. Coho, 93. I'm prepared to start reestablishing goodwill now. My 93 is Batman Begins. Um, no one out. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, Batman Begins is brilliant. Uh, I love Christian Bale's performance in it. Um, it's my top it's in my top three nolan um i think taking batman and putting and putting a realistic spin on him uh post joel schumacher was 
the absolute right thing to do because Nolan crushes it with all three movies. Uh, I think especially this one, in terms of being very true to the comic books, it's a pretty much a pretty well fo uh, followed year one adaptation for the most part. Uh, Gary Oldman's fantastic as Commissioner Gordon. I think he's the best Commissioner Gordon we've ever had, period, uh, and probably will ever have. Um, and Michael Caine has solidified himself as my favorite Alfred. Um, especially with the, what's the point of doing all those pushes if you can't lift a bloody log, uh, is a great line. Uh, I love the interplay between the two. Um, I don't love Ra's al Ghul as a villain, but he's not really that important to the movie anyway. So, yeah, Batman Begins is great. Way too low. Favorite comic movie of all time, Batman Begins. I think Batman Begins is perfect. I really do. Um, I get that the villain is not as exciting as it, but that's what I don't, that's one of the things I don't care about. Honestly, I don't care at all about the villain in this movie whatsoever. I care about Batman and like his his build. I've heard a million times that he's so it's so boring. It takes so long to put on the suit. Blah blah blah. I don't care. Like this is one of those movies that actually sticks to every bit of it. Um, the voice is introduced. Hate it, love it. Blah blah. I just still remember with who the fuck are you? I'm Batman. Great. Loved every minute of it. I will watch this movie over and over. I like it more than The Dark Knight because I think Dark Knight adds to it, but this is the start of him. Um, yeah. Best by far. Good choice. 93. Whoa. Way That's too right. low. And of course, we had Superman 2 on the list. So, okay. Um, everybody on Batman Begins. I, I think this is a great movie. Uh, this is in my top 10 favorite comic book movies. But. Um, I only have like two comic book movies in my top 100, if that says something. Um, yeah, I do think this is better than The Dark Knight, but everyone knows that I don't like The Dark Knight. Um, I think I really love the way that you just introduced to Bruce Wayne as a kid and just the way it kind of goes through his life and how he becomes Batman. I think that's something we hadn't seen in film before. Uh, yeah, I love Nolan. I love the way he tells the story. I love the casting. Everyone's great. I, I really enjoy uh, a lot of this movie. I don't love the, the third act. I think it's still good, but the third act kind of brings the movie down for me a little bit. But first two, first two thirds, fantastic. I like this movie. It's not a bad movie. Um, but what my problem with it is, Co actually hit on the head. He talked about the realism. He talked about, you know, come off of Joel Schumacher. Um, I feel like this movie was made as an apology for the Schumacher films. And it went too far in the other direction uh, where they tried to put Batman smack dab in the middle of the real world. And Batman is a grown man who dresses as a bat and people take him seriously. So him in the real world is nonsense. You kind of have to take the real world and cock it on its axis a little bit for Batman to make sense. Uh, I turned this movie on a cable once a couple years ago. And it was like a 10-minute stretch where if I didn't know I was watching Batman Begins, I just thought it was a cop movie. Um it didn't have like that energy to, I think Tim Burton maybe didn't make the best Batman movies, but I think he created the best world for Batman to exist in. I think Schumacher went too campy and too cartoony. And I think Nolan went too realistic. That's why I like the Dark Knight better. It starts to swing back into that comic book world a little bit more than Batman Begins did. Um, but again, I'm splitting hairs here. It's not a bad movie in, in, you know, 93, not a bad pick. I think that's why I like it so much because it is more real. But I get you. I understand. Um, Bowman, 92. Um, my 92 is North by Northwest. I think this is just a, a really fun, simplistic Hitchcock thriller. Uh, Cary Grant is great as this kind of suave man on the run. 
I think uh, just kind of the spy thriller aspects are fun. And this this movie, like, it's like two minutes in and the action starts going. And uh, I absolutely love the way this movie keeps you on your toes. Uh, I think it, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. I am not a big Hitchcock fan. Um, I will say kind of overrated in my eyes. I know that's sacrilege and awful. I just do. Of the ones I've seen, I've started a rewatch of him, but then I kind of got away. I watched North by Northwest. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it could be because it's Hitchcock, or I, it could be because it's uh, it's Cary Grant. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably a, a huge part of it. Um, but I like the movie a lot. I think it's this is the most one that's, I don't know if it's most Hitchcock or like it's different the most, but I, again, not a big fan of like one of his most famous movies. So, um, yeah. What does everybody else think about North by Northwest? I saw it once, uh, a long time ago and I remember I really liked it, but like, it's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, it's one of those that I need to rewatch. So. Um, I like North by Northwest. This is a story that Hitchcock does. He kind of goes back to this well, well a lot, like the you know mistaken identity, you know mix up, and you know you go on a big adventure. This is the best of those movies, but those aren't my favorite Hitchcock movies. Um, I like you know spoiler. We'll talk about some ones later that I like better, uh, different style of movie that he does. Uh, so it's a it's a really good pick. Um, this is just up there in the Hitchcock uh, for me. I think this may be my favorite Hitchcock film. Uh, this is the first one I saw, and if we had made, if we were doing this list in 2013, this probably would have made my top 100. Um, I've just seen other films, and I really do like the, uh, the I don't know, say escapism of the movie, but just basically the man on the run story, especially in the way that Hitchcock is able to make tension filled in certain scenes. I really love the auction scene as well. I think that's a great scene, um, and everyone loves the the uh, the plane uh, chase. All that stuff is great. I Cary Grant, I think, is so great in the movie. He should have been nominated for an Academy Award, honestly. He's he's really fun in the movie. All right, Jake, what's your 92? Oh, I'm going to bring up my phone. Uh, 92 is uh, Midnight in Paris. Hmm. Oh, yikes. Oh, hey. I kind of thought that maybe it would be on your list, man. Kirk, what's your 92? Okay. Um, before I give my 92, and it's going to get yikes, so we're not going to talk about it, but I do want to say it's 92 out of like thousands of movies. That's really high. So everybody calm down. At not, that's not necessarily for the people in this room. That's for some people who are watching now or might be watching later. Uh, my number two is Jurassic Park. 92 is Jurassic Park. Hold the fucking phone. Are, you are we serious? fucking serious? Uh-huh. Are we fucking serious right now? Wow. Y'all have fun. You do the show without me. I, mean, I feel like you kind of knew that I wasn't going to really have it, but I feel, I feel like okay, okay, let's show. I'm going to be... I don't even know what a Triceratops is. This is the most transparent <laughs> I will ever be on this show. The list came in. I took them... I, I They were in the chats. I sent them to call. I did not look over them. I did not study... What the actual fuck? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Kirk, please. I, I, I'm not ready to talk about it. I, I did not think I was going to be talking about this tonight. That's crazy. I didn't think so either. Really. Um, no, it's a good movie. Um, it's probably top three Spielberg for me. Uh, the effects still hold up. The effects are amazing. Um, I don't know how in 1993 we got perfect 
photorealistic dinosaurs. And in 2020, they can't make a realistic looking dog in that Harrison Ford movie. It's just, it's crazy to me. Uh, but the the characters are great. Goldblum's great. There's so much good things about this. Um, it's 92 for me. It's on the edge of my list. I think just because, you know, if this came out in 83 instead of 93, I would have been captured more by the magic of it. Um, I was a little older when this came out, so I really wasn't in that time frame. Although, again, these guys, um, you know, are dead inside, so they didn't uh, feel that either, even though they're younger. But, uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. I mean, it's a great, fun, just that idea. And it's been the, – the idea has been watered down now so much uh, through all the sequels. But that when, that movie, when this movie first came out and you had that idea of this theme park – of dinosaurs that was just such an amazing idea and then just to take that this would have been a cool movie even if like nothing went wrong and they just like went around and did like you got to see all the dinosaurs and everything. that would have been cool but uh just you know the, then you have that adventure aspect and the themes that explores of you know the the responsibility and the morality of it uh it's it, it sh honestly should have ended it should have been capsulized one movie and been done and i think it would have been so much better um but yeah it's a great movie Mike Hanley is fucking crying right now. <laughs> like, I hope you three know that, but he is fucking crying because of the mistakes and the in the just. You guys don't care. You guys just literally don't care about people and their feelings. Amazing Spider-Man fucking two, Unbreakable. This shit's on here, but Jurassic Park, nah, not a chance of making it on there. Climax. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> There's a moment. There's a mo There's always this moment in this film that I wish I could go back and revisit for the very first time. Every time, and it's the opening of that fucking park and that score. Mm -hmm. This movie is fantastic, start to finish. I absolutely love it. Ninety-two is fine. I don't care if it's a hundred. Have some decent <laughs> damn respect, because I know that world ends on this list, not Jurassic Park. You wouldn't have fucking worlds in if you didn't have Jurassic Park. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just appalled. I am literally appalled. This is not something I thought. I'm so glad I didn't study these lists because I would have gotten this anger out earlier. I'm angry now. So, go ahead, guys. Please tell me. Honestly, I think Caleb Lil Bo Boatman is mainly fueled on the tears of Generation X. And I'm going to say something to make them all cry right now. This is movie so isn't top five Spielberg. It isn't. There are five Spielberg movies better than this one. Duck and fucking cover. Ian, Ian Malcolm, great character. You want, hold Alan on, hold Grant on. I will let you know. I will let you know. Hold are on. Kind of boring. Hold I'm on. Sorry. I will let you know something real quick. The words said. On episode one, will it will affect grades on the final episode? So please watch your fucking tone and just tell me why you made a mistake instead of justifying it on old people. Yes, Robert, it is. <laughs> yes, Robert, only one person, and it was at ninety-two. That means everybody else. It is nowhere in the top 100 range, but we've had at World's End. Go ahead, just go ahead. Go ahead, Bowman. Finish your statement, you old geezer. Because you claim they're all Gen X. You're, you're, you're a baby boomer. Yeah. You no one ever gets to say to me, oh, Kirk, you're dead inside. You don't like fun. That's done. That's over. That's done. Kirk wins. Kirk wins. You all lose. Good night. Cole, are you saying the first time you watched Jurassic Park was on the watch-along? No, I wasn't on the watch-along. 
Oh fucking yikes! Okay. I saw I saw it once two years ago, and I haven't seen it again. But I remember I liked it a lot. So it could have been on this list had I watched it, had the inclination to watch it again. Hey, so released in 2016. I, I want to say, so growing up, especially for myself, Batman and Co. In you know the early two thousands, there's a, a pedestal of certain films that get risen above everything else that all the people that grew up in the eighties enjoyed, like Jurassic Park uh, and nineties, like Jurassic Park. Fucking like, ninety one, calm your tits. Uh, uh, listen, we didn't grow up with these films when we were young. We don't have the same nostalgia and the same. You also impact didn't grow up legacy with North by Northwest. Calm the. What the okay, hell? Well, also, did you specifically hear me say I didn't have the nostalgia for it? I, no, but also I feel like this kind of certainly is with you, but not us. But I'm just saying that there are certain expectations, not on say expectations, but when films are hyped and are as impactful as Jurassic Park, definitely does not, they're not going to be able to see, match the level of love for the movies they are Okay, true. I don't say I really think this movie's great, but I don't think it's a favorite of mine. If this is favorite, this is top one hundred favorites, not top one hundred best movies ever. Probably wouldn't make the top one hundred, but I like films more than this. I'm not a big dinosaur person. I'm not a big fan of Spielberg. I like other films. I like artistic films about the director's vision. Okay. Okay. Well, Coho, give me your nine to two. Hold on. Can I can I say something real quick before he goes? If Boatman's going to spend this whole series referring himself in the third person as Caleb Little Boat Boatman, I think we should have a replace now. Do you Just know what? That I think that's yeah. He, he wins a singles title and his head balloons to the size of the room. <laughs> um, okay, hey, this title put Jakey three belts under. He won three of them. When you haven't won a belt in two years, it goes to your head, okay? When did you win three belts? Okay, continue on. Let's move on. I'm in danger. I'm about to replace uh, my entire faction. So, Jake's hi. Hi. Uh, my number two, uh, Boatman mentioned the original this episode uh, when I made this list. Uh, I put Monsters University because it's the one I've seen more. I have, I, have, I, said it on the, I said it on the watch along. I said it on the watch along. I have watched Monsters University more in the last five years than I've watched Monsters, Inc. So I have a d pretty deep-seated attachment to Monsters University as a film. Is Monsters, Inc. better? Yes. Especially after watching The Watch Along yes, the, this last week. I agree. Monsters, Inc., probably a better movie. But when I go to my favorites, Monsters University is one of my favorite oh. Pixar movies. Not one of the best, but it's one of my favorites. And I enjoy the whole story with Mike and Sully and how they become friends in this one. Uh, I like Mike as a character a lot in this movie. Uh, and his growth uh, from thinking he's going to be a great scare and realizing that he might not be built for that, but there's a better purpose for him, a better use for him that he didn't see originally. I think there's a lot of great ideas in this movie that I like a lot. So Monsters University is my 92. Fuck the show! I quit. Uh, I absolutely, I will defend it. I do like Monsters University. Of the Pixar films, I do like it. My kids enjoy it. I still laugh at it. I like the character work of it. It's no Monsters Inc. You didn't even have Monsters Inc. You just had this at ninety two. It's good, but it is not top one hundred list. Like that's weird. And there's some misses that you already have that you're like, they're fine. They just didn't make it. It is. Fuck, 
everything's going to be held in Jurassic Park now. This is rough for me. Um, everybody on Monsters University, why did this miss your list? I'm really curious. Because it's Monsters University? <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie is so watered down. Like, I feel like this movie is almost too friendly, per se. Like, it... it no, it, it feels like this movie is too... Like, the first one had some conflict. You have some actually, like, interesting villains. Everyone in this movie is either stereotypical good guy or jerk. Like, I just... I I think this movie shouldn't have even existed. I would have much rather seen the sequel where the story actually progresses. I don't really like prequels in general because they don't usually line up with the original film anyway. Uh, there are a lot of plot holes if you go back and watch Monsters University. I mean, Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Um, the only thing I disagree with on Boatman is I don't want to see the sequel to Monsters, Inc. And I think they knew there was nowhere to go. This is another movie perf perfectly encapsulized. Um, it's, it, 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 there was no continuation to the story. The per story ended perfectly. And that's why they went prequel, because they wanted to cash in. And that's the only direction they could go. And this is pretty obviously cash in. Um, I don't hate it as much as everybody does. I know this is a really, you know, tread upon Pixar sequel. I don't think it's the worst sequel they've done, um, but it's not a good one. Uh, Holtzman is incorrect on the uh, Pixar's best side characters. Very, very wrong there. Um, I saw this movie once. Um, I thought it was meh. And that's all I have to say about Monsters University, as most people should. Bowman, what's your 91 where we end this episode? My 91 is a great movie with a great theme song. You doing that thing you do. I really enjoy this film. It takes place in the 60s. Basically the ultimate one-hit wonder story. Uh, I'm obsessed with just the concept of one-hit wonders. Uh, and I think it's super fun. Just I love the 60s aesthetic. With the characters directed, of course, uh, by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, actually, I think is kind of underrating this, playing a little bit of a, a heartless jerk, uh, but he's fantastic. I, I love the dynamic of the band members. Uh, Steve Zahn is a lot of fun uh, as one of the band members. And, uh, yeah, uh, and very, very catchy music. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. You I haven't seen I, it. Can we have so decorum? I saw. I lead. Everybody else follows. That's the whole point of the show. It's my ego stroke for two hours, and you all want to jump in. Guess what? The whole show's about you for the next fucking ten weeks. Can we at least uh, let's show sure. some respect? I haven't seen it. I need to watch it, Bowman. I don't think it's a terrible choice. You still didn't have Jurassic Park, so fuck <laughs> you. Everybody else, go ahead. I haven't seen it. What I've been meaning to see. I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I just really think yeah to watch it, but I will probably someday. Who knows? I saw it when it came out back in whenever it came out. I remember it being like okay, like I, the main thing I remember about it came out was like the the the, the song was kind of like a gimmick. It was like, oh, the song's made to get in your head and be catchy. Um, I remember there not being a lot of conflict. Like I know, like at the beginning, they start and then the drummer gets hurt or something, and they have to replace him. And I was like, oh, this is where. The conflict starts because they're getting big and the drummer's out and the drummer's just fine with it. There's no conflict. And then they have to drop their manager for a bigger manager. Like, oh, here'll be the conflict. And no, the manager's fine with it. Everybody's happy. Conflict starts in this movie about 15 minutes before credits roll and then it all wraps up real quick. It's a very cute movie, very light movie. Um, 
it's not something it's, again it wasn't something i hated uh but i never felt need to go back to it that's fair um okay uh jake 91 uh, this is where i turn heads i feel um so to end this episode i'm going with a film that speaks to a lot of people uh, a film that you know connects us all uh not during these times because i don't want to be uh, too me uh, i'm talking about as a human race i'm talking about the 2007 action film starring clive owen that nobody saw called shoot em up oh my god <laughs> i have things to say about this uh, let me just get you right oh, yeah. Okay, I don't know what you're going to be saying. Uh, so this is basically just a straightforward um, action movie. Uh, Clive Owen plays the main character who likes to eat carrots because it helps his eyesight. He's a hitman, and he has to protect the baby. He has to protect the baby that's being hunted by Paul Giamatti. Uh, Paul Giamatti chilling up the scenery. This is there is no plot to this movie other than they have to then Clive Owen protects a baby from a crazy person. Monica Bellici is also in this movie and helps out the main character. Um, this is just insanity. The action scenes are amazing. There's so many visual gags. This film does not care about making sense or being super serious. This film is trying to have fun. I have fun when watching this movie. This whole film is kind of like a a touch in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's on. It's very touch. What's never mind? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying this film is fun, hilarious. This film's like a joke, but it's taking itself so over the top that it's hilarious. There's a scene where Clive Owen jumps out of an airplane and starts killing people when he's not wearing any goggles or a parachute. I don't think. Actually, maybe he is. I don't know. But he's just a bunch of killing people to ACDC, um, and everyone should just watch the movie. Uh, it's awesome. There's a scene where Clive Owen no, kills someone stop. by putting bullets in his fingers and then lighting it near a fireplace and it shoots and kills a guy. It's awesome. Like, if this doesn't scream like the most 2000 or mid 2000 poster ever, Paul Giamatti's pointing a gun up his ass. Like, it's basically <laughs> awful. I don't. I remember a family friend coming and was like, we need to see this. And it was like a bunch of guys went out and we all watched Shoot Up. And I was a freshman in high school. I was like, this movie is not great. Why are we watching this? And I was like, what's the deal with the carrots? Um, yeah, I think, wow. Wow, Jake. Thank you so much for approving why the hell I brought you on this show. Uh, I guarantee you, I, I'll guarantee $40 billion right now that Coho has never seen this movie. Am I correct? I have never heard of this film. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Boatman. Okay. I will start this out by saying I haven't seen this movie, but I'd like you to imagine. You go to this fancy dinner, and you start using, you accidentally use the salad fork for the main entree or vice versa. And some guy makes fun of you like, oh, you don't know which fork to use. And he smirks. And then he goes outside, takes off his pants and starts running around naked with his arms failing. That's Jake Marangoni. You rolled your eyes on me putting the Emperor's New Groove on my list. And you decided yeah. to this movie. What? What? Um, is it possible to rewind Streamyard Streamyard Live and show show things that just happened? Because I want to rewind to, to five minutes ago when we were talking about Jurassic Park, 
and Jake tried to make us all feel stupid because of how much he likes artistic movies that express the director's vision. And then one pick later, we have a movie that is literally a cartoon. Cole Giamatti is literally doing Yosemite Sam uh, in this in this movie. Um, I've seen this movie. I like it. Everything Jake says about it, it's a lot of fun. But I'm offended that his excuse for not having Jurassic Park on his list was because he's better than all of us. And then he put shoot him up one point later. I just want to mention just quickly, this is shot. The DP of this movie is the same uh, DP as Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And he won an Oscar for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. This film is visually stunning. I think it's uh, the moment has already really good. Jake is the friend that would invite you to a classy dinner. Know that no one can afford it, but wants you to go. And then at one point, just at the dinner says, "Anybody want to order tequila shots?" We're not in that environment at all. But again, that's who Jake is as a person. What's your ninety-one? If Jurassic Park's your ninety-two, what is your ninety-one? Let's not seriously. Let's not talk about that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My ninety-one is the nineteen eighty-three Mel Brooks version of "To Be or Not to Be." Um, I like this better than the original. The original is good too. The uh, 83 version has a little more, you know, modern sensibilities, has that Mel Brooks humor. Uh, this is my favorite Mel Brooks performance. Uh, this is my favorite version of Mel Brooks comedy, even though he didn't write or direct this, he just starred in it, but it has very much a Mel Brooks feel to it. Um, I don't, we've talked about it on the show before, I don't like parody. I'm not a big fan of Mel Brooks parody. Um, but when he takes those sensibilities and turns it on a subject like this, this is a movie, if people are not familiar with it, um, it's a uh, theater troupe in Poland in uh, 1939, right before Hitler invades. And, um, you know, very, you know, you know, there's Jewish people and uh, gay people in the, uh, in, in the, in the, in the troop and uh, Hitler invades. It's them dealing with that. And uh, the movie is very much a comedy. Uh, but even while being a comedy, it never loses the weight of the subject matter. And it still treats uh, the subject matter very serious, very respectfully, while still being very funny. It's a very uh, hard, tight rope to walk. And um, like I said, this is, to me, Mel Brooks at his best. Um, you know, like I said, taking his sensibilities and focusing on something serious, but still making it funny. Um, I, I really enjoy this movie. I have not seen it. I'm not the big, like... Mel Brooks fan, certain Neither ones, I. but I may give it a shot. Uh, yeah, if, yeah I, I'm enough. not a big Mel Brooks fan either, but I like this one. I may give it a shot. Uh, anybody else on this one? Have you seen it? Never seen it. Never seen it. Do you like Mel Brooks? Fan? I have not seen it either, but I just want to point out that I know Kirk said not to point out his letterbox, but he has this movie rated at three stars, which he considers above average. Stop watching. Listen, it does not matter about. He, the hardest thing to get, I guarantee there are people in the academy that would give out a best picture before Kirk would give a three and a half stars out. I'm just saying right now, be very thankful that a three, three is highly rated in his eyes because he's the king of one and a half. I've watched the letterbox come in and I'm just like, what the? Do you like film or do you just hate yourself for two hours at a time? Um, Coho. I won't have it any other way. Let's close out this episode with 91 and go home happy. We're not going home happy, Cody. We're not going hey, home happy. I'm so excited. Because what, could monsters you, what could be better than Monsters You? Go ahead. 
If you didn't like a pick that Jake made earlier, you're definitely not going to like my 91 because Split's my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Split is a great self-contained psychological horror movie. I think McAvoy is phenomenal in this movie. Absolutely incredible. Uh, putting on uh, the five or six different performances that we see of those pe- uh, of those personalities, but also giving us little snippets of each and every one that we could see at the 23 uh, until we get to The Beast, which I think is actually a really great physical performance from him. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, is really underrated. She's solid as hell in this. Um, yeah, I think it's my favorite Shyamalan. I go back to it pretty frequently. Uh, I And the twist made it cool, but I like Split for what it is without the unbreakable connection. If Unforgiven, uh, uh, Unbreakable was meh, this is even more meh. <laughs> James McAvoy's great. He can play all those different roles. I think he's fantastic. He's still better as uh, Professor X. I'll stand by that. Um, I just don't care about these movies. I really don't. Like, the twists, you can... You don't see that it's tied to Unbreakable. Oh, I didn't pick up on it, but... Once you see it, okay. But like the rest of it, I'm just like, oh, stop! I don't care. Like, I would rather saw James McAvoy movie an entire an hour and forty five minutes of him as Patrice or uh, Patricia, like buying a bunch of shit and having to explain it to somebody. That's more interesting to me than this entire movie. I'm sorry because I found her fantastic <laughs> the entire role. Uh, yeah, so great. Fucking better than Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, everybody else, go ahead. What do you think about Split? Why did this gem miss your list? I'm so curious. Because Unbreakable missed everybody. So it's, was Split closer than Unbreakable? They were about the same for me. Um, I think Split has a really good performance from James McAvoy. As a movie, I've had no desire to really go back and watch it since theaters. Um, fun story for me. This movie has a special place in my heart. I remember watching it in the theater, and when the woman starts talking about like all her psychobabble about like the different things you can do uh, with the split personalities and everything, I remember I was thinking this really sounds like the same kind of pseudoscience from Unbreakable, and I started to invent in my head a hand uh, a head cannon where this was in the same universe as Split. And then Bruce Willis shows up at the end, and I was so excited. So it was just such a great movie movie. That might be one of my all-time favorite just theater experiences of – because you, you, that happens all the time. Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they mixed that with this or did this or did this crossover? And they actually did it. And that's what I love about M. Night is that he has fun with his movies. Um, for better or worse, he's having – you know he's having a good time making these, and he enjoys the story he makes. He doesn't – you know, he doesn't hate his, uh, you know, his past success. He doesn't hate his audience, um, which a lot of filmmakers do. Uh so I really enjoyed that about it. I like this movie. I don't think it's better than Breakable. It is better than Glass. Um, maybe in my top 200, 250, not my top 100. Uh, so <clears throat> as someone who also had, had Unbreakable on this uh, on their list, um, I do like this movie a lot. It's kind of crazy to see, I guess, the, the transition from After Earth and the visit to Split and just seeing that it's the same director and just seeing that he has so much talent that we hadn't seen previously before. I really do like Split. I really like what he does with tension. It's the same DP as the film It Follows, and there's a lot of similar camera movements. He's able to create tension through the, uh, the way the camera moves. 
Uh, Haley Lou Richardson is unfortunately wasted in this movie, uh, but I don't blame that on her. Just blame that on the uh, on the on the script. Um, I do like this movie. It's I think it's what they'd be called a backdoor uh, sequel. But the fact that it just surprisingly turns out to be sequel at the end of the movie, or like you wouldn't have assumed to. Um, I really do like that aspect. I like the ending. I definitely remember watching the ending. Going, Holy shit, it's the same universe. That definitely uh, was a twist. And yeah, no, I do think this is movie's good, but it wouldn't make my uh, my top one hundred. Thank you all for tuning in this week. I don't know. Pretty good for time. I don't know if we'll be back next week. Honestly, I'm thinking about just calling it quits um, at this moment. Um, But to break it down, what we missed, I'm going to start with Bowman. Bowman's top two, the bottom half. Uh, Fine. Lion King's 94. Two other people don't have it. I have no issue really with this. It's a fine bottom. Uh, Jake. Did you just say I had a fine bottom? But you have a nice, you have a, you have a very nice bottom, Boatman. Um, yeah, Jake. If we did do ratings, Jake would lose this. Jake would lose this week by like a large margin. Um, and that's what's going on the panel. Uh, Kirk is. Uh, <laughs> thank you for making it Jurassic Park instead of his uh, to be or not to be. Um, yeah, Kirk would have. Oh shit! Maybe Kirk wouldn't have won. I don't even know. Would have won. Um, yeah, you probably would have won with 92. I'm just alone, just stand alone. But you have 96, which is atrocious. Um, and Coho. <laughs> it's like we invited an eighth grader to come play with us and be like, these are my favorite movies. Um, but that's fair. Um, Gucci. All right. Uh, the top, uh, top 100 yikes list uh, that were brought up but have not been talked about yet. Um, so Coho has a few of Jake's, um, so he does have, he does get taste after a while. Um, and only one from Boatman or from Scott Pilgrim from Boatman, which I, makes it I, There might be a mistake here. I didn't yikes good, the bad, and the ugly. It was that was yeah. I, and I did. I did yikes. That, that was a mistake. My that's all right. We don't. Not, not, yeah. I, 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 I think I just assumed that Kirk would be the one to have a movie for the sixties <laughs> instead of Jake. All right, guys. So tune in next week. Where if this if this was yikes, just wait. We're just getting started. Uh, I want to thank the four for being on. I think this is I think this is a great panel to have. I'm gonna have a lot of fun during the summer, or I might die. Either one, don't know for sure. Uh, but tune in next week uh, for your list sucks, and have a great one. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. I'm a guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. You got a lot of problems, don't you? Oh, it's good to be back. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You can't handle the truth.